0: Hello everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Badass Ladies Club. My name is Jessica. I'm here with my bestie Lori Wallace. What's up, friends? Um thank you so much for joining us this week. You guys are so awesome. And um if you would do us a huge favor, please like, rate, especially those ratings. Yeah. We specifically like the 5-star ones f- the most. I'm here for 5. Um but um like, rate, review, share. Um the podcast is growing. It's super growing. We keep on having
1: like better and better and better months. You know what's funny is like they say consistency is the way, but they're right actually. Yes. Like consistency is the way because Consistency is the way, my
0: friend. Um so we really appreciate all your support. Please continue giving that support. Um we are a small business that so depends on you guys, admittedly. So thanks for being here. Yes, thank you so much.
1: One of the really cool things about the Badass Ladies Club is that we've created this space, Mm -hmm. this container Mm
0: -hmm.
1: where we can talk about anything, anything, but like specifically the weird parts of healing that maybe sometimes don't feel really good or make you feel crazy or make you feel alone. You know, yeah, like that nitty gritty stuff
0: that some people would look at you and be like, you feel that right. And
1: I can't believe be you just shared that with yeah. all the people that are willing to download this episode. <laughs> oh You're crazy insane yeah. people. Um, so yeah, like we created a space Perfect. with this where it was safe to go there. Mm-hmm. And so today we're talking about safe space Yes. Sacred space Mm -hmm. and what that means.
0: Yeah. Um, and this is something that, um, has come up so many times for me in recent weeks, um, both behind the chair and just in my own healing journey. Um, and with Costa Rica and creating that space, like uh, on all fronts, Everywhere. like it has been thrown at me how important safe space is. And I think it's important to point out, um, I remember a long time ago being in a relationship where like we were in some sort of argument and, um, this person had never like physically abuse me, never raise their hand at me, like nothing like that. But, um, I remember saying like, I just don't feel safe Mm -hmm. and they kind of rolled their eyes They're like, you know, like, dude, it's not that I think you're physically going to hurt me. Right. It's that I don't feel safe in this conversation. Safety is not about
1: physical always.
0: Right. That there's emotional safety. And I think that that's something that is so overlooked Mm -hmm. and, um, God, in today's society with the pandemic and just, like, all these emotions that the world, honestly, is going through, that it is so important to feel emotionally safe in a sacred space with somebody. Yes.
1: I mean, otherwise I would go insane. You can't do any work unless you're safe. Right. Yeah, like, you're too busy defending, potentially, what's coming at you. You're too busy surviving. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um. And I feel like the word safe space, sacred space, holding space, containing a space, you know, like that it has so many nuanced descriptions, you know, like. So I love this conversation about like you can create a physical safe space, meaning like my yoga room is a physical safe space, you know, where You walk in and it's easy to relax. It's easy to meditate. It's easy to drop in, right? Um, Because I've been creating and cultivating a physical space for that, right? But then there's also safe space that like you and I have with each other, Mm -hmm. which was what kind of like spun into the Badass Ladies Club was that we recognized that we had safe space emotionally with each other, then not everybody had that, you know? And if we could create that on a larger scale and make it available to people, that that's really powerful. So sometimes space is like an actual physical thing. Right. And sometimes space is just an energetic space that you hold with another person. And that for you and I, that came out of a work relationship, a friendship, being through really tumultuous times with each other and seeing that we could like depend on each other and trust one another to just be mm-hmm. and not judge one another and have that safe space. Right. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times that also happens with like romantic relationships where you create the safe space with someone or it happens with like doctors or it might happen with your therapist or your counselor, you know, like, or on the reverse, it's somebody you're supposed to have safe space with, with that you don't. So you can have a romantic relationship, a relationship with a doctor, a relationship with a boss that's not safe space, even though it should be. Yeah. And that's really fucks with our heads when, or like a teacher, you know, like somebody that, you know, is an authority that you should people in power, like take a Yeah. And that you should be safe there, but you're not for whatever reason. It doesn't mean anything happened that made you feel that way. You just don't feel safe there, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like safe space is so fascinating. When you're talking about authority figures and people you feel like you're supposed to feel safe with, you're not supposed to feel safe with anybody. You either are or you aren't. Yeah. You know, and
0: well, and you know what is so interesting, you know, in this um, politically correct environment, you know, all these woke terms that a lot of people, you know, um, make fun of. Mm-hmm. I feel like safe space is one of those terms. Mm-hmm that, I mean, and I single-handedly know a lot of people look at the term safe space and they're like, "Oh, you need to be safe. You need to be safe. And I'm like, you're a fucking dick. Like, who hurt
1: you? Well, I was about to say, those remarks come out of somebody who has never had safe space. Right. Yeah.
0: And that I just, so, you know, so anyone who is struggling to find a safe space before we really dive into this. First of all, know that we are here here for you. Um, and that, um, it, it does exist and it's okay. And it's nothing to make fun of and that it's necessary. I feel
1: totally. And at the same time, I am willing to let people have their experience, you know, like, Mm -hmm. because, Having, I think it's a twofold thing, right? Like you can either project and make fun of it because you don't understand it because it's not something that you've experienced. Or some people do just have an existence where they've never not been safe. Yeah. And if they have not been safe, they're not willing to look at it like that or see it like that. Mm -hmm. So they don't even know the difference, right? Right. That survival mode is just like the mode well and it's privilege too you know like yeah. that it's not like if we're being woke yeah you know like i would go out on a limb and say something politically not correct like if you are a black woman in 2022 you understand what it means to be safe or not yeah. be safe yeah, okay yeah. but that there are also a pro probably a lot of middle-aged white men that don't understand that and don't think that that's really a thing, you know, Right. because their experience mm-hmm. is different. And that doesn't mean that like, uh, one person's right and the other person's wrong. I'm just saying, if you don't know what it means to have safe space, be in safe space or why that's so important, You're you lucky. need to count your lucky stars that you don't know what that means, you yeah. know, because the people that do desperately need to create that for themselves, find other people. They can rely on mm-hmm. that with them, you know, like, um, yeah, that it is a thing and it does exist and it is so based on our experience mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um. So in the spirit of safe space, you know, I, I reflect on our friendship and I think of like all the crazy shit we've said to each other. And then we just observe and we're like, yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes we're like, I'm
1: with you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That never once I don't think you've ever, like, responded to me in a way that's like, you're wrong. No. You know, that, like, I know that I can say something, and sometimes I just have to say it to feel if I'm, if I really think that or feel that way. You know what I mean? And that you just sit there and you quietly observe, and you're just like, "Mm mm-hmm. And... (laughs) Then I'm like,
1: wait, maybe I don't think that. Yeah, you know that you need a sounding board sometimes. Yeah. to say shit that maybe isn't actually your feeling, but you just got to get it out of your mouth and see how it bounces off of somebody right. else before you can like, yeah, get into that. Um, that's called processing. Yeah, which we should probably also have an episode Ooh, about. I'm going to make a note right episode. now. <laughs> okay, um, yes, because a big part of processing is being in a safe space where you can say things that might be misunderstood, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and that so often if you're not safe, you don't want to be misunderstood. And so you're not honest. Yeah. Because you're not safe. And so you can't be honest about how you may feel, but in a safe space, you know, you're not being judged. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to be extreme. Yes. It's okay to say shit. Like I want to cut his fucking head off. Like, you know, and I know that you're not I want to burn off. the place to the fucking right. ground, right? Like, and so I yeah. realized that in a literal sense, that's not where you're at, and I'm holding that space for the idea that what you need to do is process and move through that to really organize how you feel, you know, mm-hmm. and that that is sacred ground that yeah. you hold for people when you do that.
0: Yeah. Um. And so, speaking of sacredness, um like I just had a situation with a client Mm -hmm. where I won't get into the whole story because it's sacred, Mm. but that now that my workspace and my salon is in my home, I feel that it's more sacred than ever. Yes. And whereas I felt like all my conversations were sacred behind the chair when I was working like at a commission salon, you know um, now that it's in my home, I'm like super aware and extra protective of it. Mm -hmm because now it's not just the conversations. It's like, this is me and only me. And I'm betting on myself here. So now that I'm in this new phase of life, like the whole sacred conversation is just like up leveled to a whole other realm Mm -hmm. that I haven't been aware of before. Um, so anyway, this story that I won't divulge too many details, you know, my space is small. So if I'm double booking, you know, conversations happen because there's three of us in one very small room <laughs> right and you know that there are some things that i tell some clients that i wouldn't maybe tell others mm-hmm. um and that is a safe situation right that i don't necessarily feel emotionally safe with some clients that i do others so i was double booking and one client said something in front of my other client that was sacred information, you know, that I I felt violated. Right. That
1: she just so like broke the safety. Yes, like, yeah. like
0: broke open the seal. And I was like, I told you that, like in a moment of weakness and confidence that I just needed a sounding board. Mm-hmm which is this whole other conversation with hairstylists and our mental health that like, you know, there's so many things that with a client, you are with them through every phase of life. I Mm -hmm. am with a client from the time they get out of college and then they meet the partner of their dreams, they get married, they have babies to the point where their partner may pass away to, you know, like we are there for all these phases of life with a client. But the minute we go through something like I need you to just like, I've held space for you for so many years. Mm -hmm. I just need you to hold this one thing for me. And then you just fucking say it like, (laughs) like why would you do that? Yes. I was so upset, Laurie. I was really upset. And that it was just like almost this disheartening lesson of like this trauma response where I was like, I'm never saying anyone to anything again. Yes. You know, like lesson learned, Mm -hmm. not doing that again. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to live that way. You know, I want to be authentic. And if a client asks me how I'm doing, I want to be real, you know, Yeah. Um. to an extent. Like, so it just, this whole sacred space, safe space conversation is very fresh for me because I felt so violated in that <clears throat> moment of that conversation. <laughs> yeah,
1: it is not, it's a really fascinating thing, just what you're talking about, where... <clears throat> Like when you had Adelaide, like you didn't just tell one person. Like they tell you what's going on in their lives, and you have many people who are all telling you what's going on. But you're like one person, right? Right. That they all tell the story to one time. But when you come back to work after having Adelaide, you have to like explain the same story two hundred times right. over mm-hmm. like a month and a half. You know? Yeah. Like, and that it is so repetitive what you're sharing that it does kind of get lost in the mix, you know, because it seems like the more that you say it to people that you know, but don't know Mm -hmm. things become less and less significant. Right. Until it circles back around the way that it did in your chair the (laughs) other day. And you're like, what in the actual fuck? Like (laughs) I'm pretty sure you knew that that was, you know, like important, safe, you know, like I told you in a moment of weakness. So yeah, I can totally get that vibe. We're like, Once the safety has been violated, you don't trust anymore. And trust is a really big factor in creating safe space, you know? Um, and one thing that I know so clearly about my gifts is that people do just like naturally feel safe around me, Mm -hmm. which is what makes it so easy for me to work with people in the way that I'm working with them now. Um, and you have to foster the trust and keep building on it, you know? And so some of the people who are really good clients of mine now are people who have been building trust with for decades, you know, that now it makes it really easy to work with that because we've already established so much of that trust that I think personally, I have very few people I'm safe with. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what that's about. Like, I don't know. I, I do know what it's about. It's about it having been violated so consistently and the trust being broken that it just takes me a really long time to trust what you're about Mm -hmm. and that I feel like vibrationally I can drop into people and be like, "Mm, no, you're good people. Like I can feel that about you and I still don't trust your humanness. Yeah. You know, like that there's this human element to safe space that's volatile and that you can't really rely on because humans do crazy shit all the time. You know, like especially when they are hurting. Yes. Hurt people, hurt people. Well, like, Because
0: in this moment, when my client divulged the information that I was like, what the fuck? She was in an emotional right. state. She was suffering. She was definitely suffering and she just spilled this out. And I was like, so many big feelings are happening right now (laughs) you know
1: and i'm not gonna stab you with my scissors (laughs) yeah um so yeah trust is the cornerstone of holding and creating safe space um i guess the other thing about like physical space that's safe is that i'm noticing and i know that you notice it too sometimes like when i'm in a place that has a special energy Mm -hmm. to it that I feel the sacred ground under my feet, you know? And sometimes, um, like one of the first things that comes to mind is purple rain where we're doing so much breath work right now. Yes. Like purple rain, By design, by the people who built it, they wanted it to be a safe space. And if you listened to the episode where, you know, Kellen and Courtney talk about creating Purple Rain, that's something they say over and over again. We wanted it to be a safe space. We wanted it to be a safe space. And so because that was their intention, it is, right? So then when we like got into this idea of doing breath work there and having a safe container inside of a safe space that was really creative and nourishing and inspiring, there are these places in Purple Rain that in particular feel really sacred, you know? Mm-hmm. One of which is the room we do breath work in, you know, like it just has this vibration about mm-hmm. it that I'm drawn to.
0: But there's also other little corners um, of it. That space in Purple Rain with the mirror and the beads mm-hmm. and like the lavender coming down yes. from the ceiling. Like I could live in there. It's it magical. feels like a very cocooned, yes, safe. Like, almost like a secret, like, no one knows I'm here, but everyone can see me if they walk back. You
1: know? So, physical, sacred, safe space like that. What I love so much about the Purple Rain story is that, you know, Courtney has a spinal cord injury. It's been about a year since she was injured, maybe a little more. So, when she and Kellen came up with the idea to create the studio... And it was going to be this creative safe space. You know, she had a near death experience and is recovering and healing her body and learning to walk again and learning to do all of these major things. And Kellen is by her side helping his wife get through like some of these most difficult times. They both left hairdressing Mm -hmm. totally like you and I know what it's like to like put down one phase of a career and open up a new one. So creating Purple Rain was their safe space. Yeah. And they channeled so much energy into, we want this to be a safe place. We want people to come here and feel freedom to be creative, to be themselves, to connect to the beauty that's inside of them, no matter what they you know feel like or look, look like, or whether they're in a wheelchair or whether they're a model or whatever, you know, like whatever it is that this place is here for you. And you feel that because they did their own work in that space as they were creating it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's like a giant yoga room at my house, you know, like that because that was my intention and I did so much work in there to create and hold that container. You do that naturally in places where you're doing your own work. Yeah. And that's why purple rain is so special, you know,
0: like, well, let me tell you what I felt when I walked into purple rain. One for those who maybe didn't listen to the episode, you totally should. Mm -hmm. But this Purple Rain photography studio is near TCU, Mm -hmm. Texas Christian University. And that university is like bleeding purple and it's all horned frogs, and which, for the record, I give zero shits about. (laughs) I don't care about TCU. I don't I mean I love the color purple so yeah like that's cool but like horn frogs and all that shit like right. I don't care but I walked in and one of the first sets I saw was like a TCU themed mm-hmm. set because it's right there when you walk through the door that I even for me I was like this is amazing go horned frogs go horn frogs <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. like oh. I kind of want to take a picture in front of this horn frog wall Right. And, you know <laughs> So if they could get me To like Get sucked in that way Mm -hmm. Y'all You need to book a session there ASAP It's a
1: wonderland Um, It really is
0: Um, We're gonna do We're gonna have a a photo shoot there. there Yeah Yeah But
1: So the whole point about like Physical sacred space Is like think about a place Where you've had A lot of emotional work that you've done It might be like In your Bed yeah. Like my bed is a safe space for me, or like my shower. Yeah. How many times I've
0: cried <laughs> oh in the my, floor. my shower? Yeah. Like, that, like how many emotions have been washed away down like, that drain? Are and you kidding how me? How much
1: I've just like released in yeah. there and given myself room to just let it all go? Yeah. My shower's a safe space, you know? Like, yeah. and that we all create, or my car. How much heavy yes. processing I've done in my car? Like, my car.
0: <laughs> It's my special space. It's my office. For real.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we create these safe spaces everywhere. And it's usually where we're moving big emotions. Or on the flip side, think about a safe a space that's not safe. Like everybody has a place where something happened once that you don't ever want to go back there. You don't ever want to see that place again. Like if you go back to it, you feel it. It's gross, it's heavy it takes you back to the trauma, right? And that spaces physically hold a lot of what you experience there, which is one of the most interesting things about safe space is like one person's safe space could be somebody else's kryptonite, you know? Like it goes both ways. Yes. And what I love about this conversation,
0: I think it's important to note if we're talking about spaces, Mm -hmm. um, that trauma you know the brain may forget but the body never forgets nope and so if you're looking at something like um paris hilton and drew barrymore Mm -hmm. both completely different experiences was what they went through as kids yeah paris hilton did a whole fucking documentary about how fucking traumatized she was Mm -hmm. about basically being ripped out of her bed Mm -hmm. into this quote-unquote school where she was abused and um, like that, that she's like everything that happened there was not okay. Yeah. And then you have Drew Barrymore who was like, yeah, same thing happened to me and I fucking needed it. Yeah. And they saved my life. Changed my life. Yeah. And they, you know, that I just think that, and the fact that they're friends, that like mm-hmm. little Drew Barrymore and little Paris Hilton, like used to play together right. and you know, that They both have these similar experiences and, um, you know, we're these party girls and that, um, it affected both of them in completely different ways. And so it's all based on your experience and it lives in your body Mm -hmm. and that, um, but that there's still so much respect there and they hold space. Yeah. And like, if you watch that interview with the both of them on Drew Barrymore's show, it was just so beautiful to be like, we both had these different experiences and I'm holding space for that. Yes. And I respect where you're coming from. Right.
1: It was so cool. Human experience is everything, man. Yeah. Like, we all have our own stories and are mm-hmm. telling your own, you're you're directing your own movie. Yeah. In your own head, like everybody else is just a side character. hmm Um so let's move back to energetic space. Um, I think about like people that aren't here anymore. Mm -hmm. And oof emotions. Um, I think about like the safe space I had with my grandparents Mm -hmm. and that even though they're not here, like I still have that space, you know, like energetic space doesn't go anywhere when physical bodies move through. And so I recognize that so much in people that I still feel safe with that are here, you know, like, um, and I don't know that I really understood that until I started losing people at an age where I could like reconcile this idea that like, yeah, their body's not here anymore, but like that energy, that soul vibration doesn't go away, you know, like Mm -hmm. that it's always there. And that, don't remember where i heard the idea that like it's like they're just standing on the other side of like a piece of paper like that's how close yeah yeah yeah, yeah. their vibration actually is to you and i feel that all the time and maybe more now that i am doing energy work as a career you know and i'm so aware of the space all the time but yeah like i feel i think about the safe space that i have with eva Mm -hmm. we're like like, even I still do work. We still do sessions, you know, like, with each other. But, like, sometimes I have to just call her and, like, dump everything, you know? And I have this thing that I get to where I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I'm dropping all of this. Like, I just did that to her last week. I have to drop this at your feet, you know? <laughs> like, um, and that, but that's because she and I have this energetic, safe space with each other, you know? Um, and it's different than the safe space that I have with my husband or with my parents or with mm-hmm. you, you know, like mm-hmm. it's just different. And I can't put my finger on how it's different, except that I know that there are some things I can say to her that I don't know what I could say to anybody else, you know, like that. Um, and that that is a testament to how she holds space, you know, and that she didn't come by that without Working what it meant for people to feel safe with you, you know, mm-hmm. and that energetic safe space is just such an interesting thing because I know I'll always have that with Eva, whether we're physically here or not, you know, like whichever one of us goes first, like that that doesn't go away the same way that, like I can still talk to Mama, even though she's not here, yeah. And that understanding safe space and sacred space at that level, is really such a gift when you can fall into that. It's so easy to forget Mm
0: -hmm. because we're
1: so in our physical environment, you know, and I'm like, Oh, I got to drive here and I've got to get this done by this day. And I've got to do all of these things that seem so important, you know, but that on an energetic level, like none of that shit is important, you know, and that we're all holding space with each other all the time. It's just sometimes we do it a lot more effectively with different people. You know, like I think about all the people I could have held space for over the last 20 something years of my, you know, career that I put down last year and like that I wasn't the space holder I could have been Mm -hmm. and that that's cool, you know, like that that is a learning curve and a learning experience. But it's like truly one of my favorite things about the work that I'm doing now Um, is that I can hold that with people, you know, and I can create that and then continually work on it so I can get to like Jedi Master Eva level holding space Mm -hmm. one day, you know, like that that feels like a level or a, you know, it's not even a goal. It's just an awareness, you know, like of being able to do that. It's a really beautiful thing.
0: For sure. Yeah, that's so funny. I last week sent Eva like four Marco Polos where I was just like, and then finally I sent her one and I was like um by the way how the hell are you sorry um, you know um and you know when she um told me a a little bit about you know catching me up on her life because it had been a while since we had spoken um you know I said wow I I really wish that I could give you some sage wise feedback on that and she said you holding space is enough sage wise feedback you know and I was like (laughs) <laughs> I'm learning. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, in um, talking about energetic safe spaces, I mean that truly, and no fucking around, no joke, that it could be life saving. Yeah. for somebody. Yeah. Um, I'm wearing this "Kiss Me, I'm a Pirate" shirt today Love which it I purchased in high school when I worked at Hot Topic. <laughs> thank you. Um, but, um, I haven't worn this shirt probably since my early twenties. Um, but I've always held on to it cause I love it so much. Um, and yesterday I got some really unfortunate news that a kid I went to high school with, um, passed away yeah. and I'm not going to go into Details. One, because I don't know the nitty gritty details, mm-hmm. but two, just out of respect for his family, and it's still very new. All the process, like what happened, happened. It, it is what it is. Um, that through social media, I have learned that he reached out to a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people that like he didn't necessarily talk to, and I was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess in the months leading up to him passing and, um, I remember when he reached out to me, oddly enough on my birthday, which I don't think he knew it was my birthday because when he messaged me, he didn't say happy birthday or anything. Not that that's important, but, um, you know, like sometimes it's hard getting older because mm-hmm. it's just not as special. And I was in a really shitty like emotional space and things were really hard, like at the salon. And like, uh, I I was coming to terms with a lot and like, I was so stressed out with like closing the one salon and opening another. And like, I I felt like I had no capacity for anything else. Mm-hmm. And this kid reached out to me for the first time, like since high school to the point where he was like, do you even remember me? I was like, Oh my God, of course. Yeah. Yes. And he said all these nice things to me that um he was even like, I hope it's okay that I said that. And I don't want to offend you, but is this, you know, and I was like, oh my God, no. That I just kind of like held that space in that moment um to allow him to say whatever he needed to say, you know. And I was at work at the time. And so I, I wasn't like up for deep conversation, but mm. I was just like between clients. Oh my gosh, you're so sweet. Thank you. And I closed Instagram and I moved on and then yesterday I get this news that he passed away and so I was like oh my god what he told me those months ago like put a pep in my step that day Mm -hmm. that it really did make a difference and that like I what he said I needed to hear in that moment because I felt like I could rule the fucking world after he said what he said to me and um when I went back to look at the messages, there was one last message that I unfortunately didn't see from him until yesterday when Mm -hmm. it was too late. And so I'll never know what he needed in that moment. And, um, even though I hadn't spoken to him since high school, that it's, that's going to stay with me for a while until I process that, Mm -hmm. that, um, you can always be a safe space for someone and it could literally like, I'm not saying that had I answered him, that it would have changed anything because obviously, like I said, what I'm learning is he reached out to a lot of different people. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're all kind of like coming together and sharing what he was saying and all of it was cryptic. And, Mm -hmm. um, but the, you know, so much of me wishes, you know, that I could have held that space for him. Like he unknowingly did for me. Yeah. And that sometimes that energy is just there and you get that vibe. And it's like, when you feel that push to text this person, message this person, do it, do it always, always. And, um, you know, you and I have done those little exercises over the years where like, I remember that one day you and I just were like, let's just text three random people. Mm -hmm just say, Hey, I'm thinking about you. I love you. Mm-hmm. And that from both of us, some really beautiful conversations happen that wouldn't have happened. Had we not just been like, Hey, right. you're in my heart today. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about you. Yeah. And just holding that space over a text message, like brings people to tears and they're like, Oh my God, I need really to really need that today. today yeah, you know? totally.
1: It's amazing. It is amazing. It also makes me think about that freaking podcast that we listened to where Daniel Laporte was like, text three people and ask for forgiveness. Ugh. <clears throat> and it was like, I hate you, Daniel. And right. <laughs> you're right. That probably would feel really good. Yeah. I'm working on it.
0: Um, I was going to ask you who your people were. Well, we don't have to discuss that on the podcast, but when we were having Starbucks earlier, I was going to be like, I wonder who her three people are I'll, because I'll I, tell
1: you off air. Okay. okay. Like, <laughs> Yeah. we'll We'll talk about that <laughs> off the air. Yeah. Um, but you know what I love too about your conversation about your friend that passed away was that you'll never know, right? Like how that mm-hmm. conversation would have gone, but to the point of like energetic space isn't gone when physical bodies move on, you can still have that space with him. Yeah. I, I talked to him last night. Right. Out in the storm. Yeah. Yeah. And that um, there's so many things that we feel like people need to be, present for for us to interact with him or even you know like this works with a forgiveness conversation too like that your intention is all that's required to start doing the energetic work and that nothing happens on the outside without it first starting on the inside Mm -hmm. so just you having an intention and yes you should text the people and you should say the things you know like because as humans, we physically are like, yeah, I said what I needed to say and that feels good. But that you can also still say the things and still send the vibration and still have the, um, yeah, like the completion,
0: mm-hmm.
1: even without people being physically present. And that if you are, and I love that, you know, you said you did it in the storm last night. Cause there was like a huge storm that came through here yeah. and, um, you were on your porch talking to the storm and I was on my back porch talking to the storm. And you know, like that there's things or when we were in Costa Rica, like I talked to the ocean a lot. Yeah. I talked to the wind that was blowing. That was so intense. You know, like I talked to the palm trees that I could hear moving, you know, in the wind speaking things out into existence to the nothingness is powerful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like that people don't need to be here for you to be present with their energy and reconcile things that need to be reconciled. That's beautiful. It's the whole idea of space. Yeah. Yeah. That we think it's really solid, but it's really not. It's everywhere. Yeah. What else about sacred space? Are there other sacred spaces? Um, You know, one that I should bring up just because it's been so pivotal the last six months or so is my friend was telling me about this Buddhist temple that was like off of Lancaster or something, you know, like in Fort Worth. And that he had just like driven by it one day and he stopped there and he was like, it's the most magical freaking place I've ever been before. And so he told me where it was and I didn't really know where it was. I just started driving around, you know, like that part of town and found it. And he was not lying. Like it is not very big. It's like a small park kind Mm -hmm. of it is. There is energy vibrating through that whole place. I've never actually been indoors of the temple. I've only been outside of it. Um, and I keep going back there just to sit, you know, like just to be present. Sometimes I stay for five minutes. Sometimes I stay for an hour, you know, like it's not, um, a real consistent thing, but I do think it's interesting how there are vibrations, you know, Mm -hmm. and that Costa Rica has that vibration you know like that when you step there it just pulls you into the sacred ground i was about to ask like do you feel
0: pulled there do you feel magnetized there yeah
1: and that you know like all the work that we've been doing with oracle cards like through breath work and some of the ceremonies that we've been doing i've got this new deck that i got for christmas i think mandy gave it to me that's a Starseed oracle Mm -hmm. and i keep pulling the same card over and over again on the starseed Oracle that's called star bathing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's this idea that you are drawn to different physical places on the planet for a reason, because when you go to these places, it like opens up and activates different things in your system. um, And that it's divine work that you don't have to do anything. Just like being present there activates and opens up these codes, you know, like all of this space um and magic happens and i have always felt that way about costa rica that's why i kept going back and i'm starting to feel that way about lots of places all of a sudden though like because i'm aware that i'm drawn for a reason and i go ahead and accept that and i get to the place and i'm like okay so what's the reason you know and can explore that a little bit i'm getting familiar with what it feels like for me to be activated in some of these sacred places you know and most of them are outdoors you know, like yeah. in different nature, natural aspects. Um, and it's really weird because you can't explain it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And people do just kind of roll their eyes like, oh yeah, whatever, you like to go to the park, like I get it, you know? But <laughs> it's just so much more than that, you know? And yeah. even just like, I went to Trinity Park a few months ago after we recorded a bunch of podcast episodes, I was going to go live about something. I don't remember what it was. But like on my way home, I was like, no, I need to stop at Trinity Park. And so I just pulled in, you know, and parked in a random place. And just kind of like walked through trees until I found my tree mm-hmm. and sat against it, you know, and like just had some time there. And, but it, when I got to my tree, it just felt so right, you know, yeah. like I just knew that was where I was supposed to be You at just that have moment. to pay attention. Yes. Yeah. And be open to this idea that sometimes you are drawn to something for a reason. And that sometimes I think we're so quick to like, just think that everything is random, you know, and that there is no like meaning to it all. Um sacred space calls you Mm -hmm. and directs you and tells you where to go yeah yeah i love that too um yeah i would encourage everybody to like focus on creating some physical space and some emotional energetic space for yourself um I mean, we just talked about outside is so good, you know, like I obviously
0: I mean, even if it's just an altar on a little nightstand yeah. in your house, yes. you know, um, that I, I don't have it now that I've like redone my living room, but before I redid my living room, I used to have like a little corner table with all my grandparents that have passed away, like all their pictures. And it was almost like an altar without really intentionally setting it yeah. as an altar that um, it was just kind of this like sacred offering space where like I didn't put anything. Oh my gosh. Like if y'all knew my house before, like I put shit everywhere, <laughs> but I never laid stuff like on this particular table. Cause right. it was like sacred. This yeah. is where like my grandparents and my ancestors this is my guidance this is my you know that like and I wasn't nearly as deep or spiritual or into all this that I wasn't like I am now yeah you know but it's just funny how like you're naturally like um that like you're doing it before you even know you're doing it yeah and you just have to pay attention and listen to your inner guidance to like tell you
1: and I bet that place in your house is energetically a vortex that called you to that corner you know yeah. like that it's so i need to set it back up
0: again yeah with my i need well i need to buy new furniture
1: let's okay. do that one step at a time okay you <laughs> just put a whole salon in you know i, know, like, I just spent like, so much money on a salon one step at a time now um so yeah like create some space for yourself or even like i was talking about the garden earlier today, you know, like what a disaster show it was a week ago, but then in a matter of a week, just like potting a few flowers and moving some shit around and cleaning some things up here and there, like now I can't get out of my backyard, you know, like that, um, that sometimes it seems overwhelming. I know it does for me. Where Mm -hmm. like,
0: you
1: know, we've talked about our homes are so much a reflector of how our mental health is doing. And when shit gets like really out of control, And before I left for Costa Rica, like, I've always been so good about, like, I'm going on a trip, so I'm going to clean my house. So when I come home, my house is clean. Well, that did not happen this time, you know, like, that my house was kind of a disaster when I left. And so when I came back home to it and I'd been gone for a month and I was like, where do I live? Like, what's happening? Um, That it took me at least a week to be home before I was like mentally able to put things the way they needed to be. And it wasn't just the backyard. Like it was the yoga room. It was the bathroom. It was my bedroom. Like it was everything. Um, but now that I've gotten things a little bit more under control, it didn't take that much physical effort. Like I thought it would The idea of doing it was so much more overwhelming than the actual doing of it that after I did it, I was like, oh, that wasn't that big a deal. (laughs) And look how much better everything is, you know, like, and now I feel safe in my home again, you know, like that it's always worth the effort to work towards it, even if you can just work towards it a little bit Mm -hmm. at a time. I feel really complete with this conversation. Agreed. That was awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We love, love you guys so much and hope that you all have a safe space to just be in. And if you don't, reach out because that's kind of what we're in the business in anymore. We love you guys so much. Have a great week and we'll see you next time. Thank you guys.